1: Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. I'm Janet. I'm Mel. And I'm Helen. We get a lot of messages about relationships, both romantic and platonic. But when it comes to conversations around relationships, romantic ones seem to get most of the attention uh, during our 20s and 30s. But friendships are just as, if not more important than romantic relationships during these very critical points in our lives. What does it mean to be a friend? What does it mean to be a best friend? Let's discuss this. I can list so many
2: qualities. And I did. Uh, (laughs) Let me just name a few. It's just hard to choose one. I feel like, you know, you you need a combination of qualities, you know, to really be a good friend. The first thing that came to mind instantly was I love when my friends are empathetic. I think having empathy is a sign of high EQ, which is something I really admire and try to strive for. Another thing that I've been thinking a lot about is I love the quality of being respectful. Because one thing I'm noticing into adulthood is that I feel like that the lines can be blurred. Like knowing the line between comfort and respect Mm. is something I feel like I see a lot of... Some of my friends kind of like hover around. Even sometimes I might hover around because you don't know. Like you always hear the excuse like, oh, I just said that because I'm so comfortable around you. Mm. And then part of you is like, why do I feel kind of like, eh?
1: Like disrespected.
2: Yeah. And then also, I also thought about this because I was watching Love Island last night. And granted love island is a r- romantic show but there was a moment when one of the guys he there's a, they're a pair one of the guys made this joke and like kind of patronized his girlfriend and, like patted her on the head and like you could tell he was doing it because he was comfortable and just wanted to make a joke but he, she felt so disrespected so i think respect is something that can actually be blurred mm. so mm. i love someone who's respectful and i'm gonna say two more things the next one is i love loyalty you know someone who will be there for you no matter what um like a golden retriever <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the last thing i didn't really know what word to describe this maybe you two might have a better word for it but like someone a friend that takes initiative to help and make you feel loved mm. so i don't i don't know what quality encompasses compassion that. maybe and compassion yeah but it's just like that active act, like the action of it you active,
0: know active actively um, actively thinking about you often someone who's obsessed with you just kidding i don't know
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah something yeah along those lines but those are some of the qualities i kind of thought about um while thinking about like you know really good friend but helen i'm curious what are your qualities that you look for in a friend
0: yeah, it's funny you said... Um, I, I agree, like, respect for sure, but... I, so I have three, maybe four, um, but my first one I said was comfort. Mm. I think you have to feel comfortable around your group of friends, and I say this because I've had friend groups where I always kind of felt on edge, whether it's because like I never fully felt like I fit in, or I felt like I couldn't let loose and be super weird or silly, or there was like some level of toxicity, maybe like cattiness or something mm. in a group that just made me feel kind of icky, mm. and... I know that sounds terrible, but I think at a younger age, you don't have the luxury to really pick and choose your friends sometimes. So Mm. comfort Mm. and the ability to sit in a room for hours and just have fun with them talking about like anything and everything. That is a big test for me for who's like a real friend and who's not. Um, So for me, I would say for sure comfort and definitely like that level of respect, too. Two, I would say someone that you can trust. Mm -hmm. That is a big one for me, like huge. Someone who you can share your secrets with and you trust them and that they wouldn't share your secret with like any soul on the planet, not even their significant other. I think I'm the type of person that Mm -hmm. keeps a very small group of friends rather than have a lot of friends um, because in my opinion, like real trust is, is hard to find. And I am not the type of person to share my emotions very easily. So um, I would say that I don't have a bunch of friends that I can call up for deeply emotional things. So um, trust is definitely one that I think also touches upon loyalty um, and also a friend that's kind of more non-judgmental and will listen to you when you do open up to them about difficult things that you maybe feel shame about. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, for sure, trust. And thirdly... Communication and honesty. I think friendships are like relationships, and relationships are hard. And if a friendship is only focused on the good, and there's no communication and honesty when things get kind of sour, then that is, in my opinion, a doomed friendship waiting to happen Mm -hmm. because that becomes kind of like a a surface level friend and someone whom you'll never really want to go into like a deeper level with out of fear that something really bad is going to happen because you can you're always like tiptoeing around these sensitive topics Mm -hmm. um so definitely communication honesty and then fourth last thing i would say compassion um all of my close friends that i have um have a level of compassion that I think is so precious to me because I feel like it's a little bit more rare of a quality to have these days. So Mm -hmm. I see it as a gift when I get that from a friend and it's something I really have come to appreciate. So Mm. for me, comfort, trust, communication and honesty and compassion. I want to make
2: a comment because I know Helen mentioned um, trust And I will say, though, one quality I see Helen exemplified that I actually don't see in a lot of my friends who are in a relationship is that I actually can tell Helen something knowing that she won't tell Phil. And that's something I learned later in our friendship. And I was like, wow, you didn't tell him? And you're like, why? Why would I tell him? Like, it's our our thing. And the reason why I want to acknowledge that is because I have other friends who assume that whenever I tell them something, they're going to tell their significant other. They're like, oh, I only just tell them. And I'm just like, well, oh, like, it just feels like that's, mm. a, that's an assumed thing, right? you know? So I do really – I do respect that, that you're able to keep, like, a secret or something private between, you know, one
0: person, like me or you.
2: Mm, so I do want to acknowledge that.
0: Yeah. No, I feel like I, – I think I like to dish out what I want to receive, and so mm. – like for me like I said earlier I don't trust a lot of people I don't trust easily and so mm. that's what I kind of expect from my friends too like I will give you my top level top notch level of trust because that's also what I expect from a real friendship um yeah and then sometimes Philip's like I could tell something is tell me what's going on I'm like no if you want to like ask ask them yourself like shush let's talk <laughs> about something else let's turn on like a tv show or something. <laughs> Hmm,
1: That was, yeah, I also like that you pointed out um, that the ability to confront and communicate with them, right? So when we're Mm -hmm. talking about like, you know, most important qualities, we're listing all these uh, positive ones, but, you know, the ability to communicate means being able to confront some of the not-so-positive situations, right? Um, which I think is, is, really, um, is really critical. And I also like how Mel touched upon the aspect of respect because that's one that I mm-hmm. didn't really think about with friends. I mm-hmm. almost just, I feel like you just assume that that's a thing, but you're very right that I think that as you get older, the level of respect that you might expect as, mm-hmm. as an adult might change, right? And that, mm-hmm. and that might be telling of your friendships.
0: Janet's a rapper now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rest-back- <Rest-back-ness-back-ness>. yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Janet? What are the most important qualities to look for in a friend and why?
1: Ooh, I also had like a list about five-ish um, and so as you ladies were reading through yours I, you know a lot of them that are similar um, but the top of my list is support mm. and um, I think that that is I don't I'm not exactly sure why but when I think about friendship the first thing that comes to my mind is is supporting you know being supported and supporting others mm-hmm. um, and the second thing or very closely with that is a sense of empathy I think that um, I know it's kind of strange, like in the last year or so, a lot of people had been feeling a lot of things, but in the absence of kind of lots of maybe emotional situations, I don't know that it is very common that people can empathize with different situations right I think yes that is a quality of a person but different people can empathize with different people because they usually will share an experience so Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a that's you know something that ties two people together is if you're really truly able to empathize with them because you probably went through something similar or you have something from your own life that you can connect on a level with the third thing I think is having your best interest in mind and this is something that I think um maybe sounds like it should be obvious as well, but especially in our twenties and thirties, which are periods where people are so focused on develop like self-development and figuring out their place in the world, it can be too easy to get competitive or to get wrapped up in your own situation where the people closest to you might be in conflict. Right. So you might mm-hmm. have a lot of close friends, but it can be challenging when you're like, are, is, are they doing this because they have my best interest in mind or is it their best interest in mind? Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or something like that. Um, and oftentimes it can be like really maybe not even obvious. Like you met, maybe someone is doing that without even knowing that they're like kind of sabotaging you a little bit or something. Um, Mm. So, having your best interest in mind. Fourth is you can trust them. I think that's like to Helen's point trust is a very valuable thing. Um, I kind of like the opposite. I feel like I trust too easily. there. <laughs> mm.
2: right, I'm there, I'm there um, too.
1: Yeah, I kind of like, I will I will give someone my trust and then only when they kind of prove me wrong, then I kind of like retract a little. Uh, I'm still very reserved. Like I won't open up to a lot of people, but I will always assume kind of the best of people and just like, yeah, I'm going to trust you until you prove me wrong. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, but the, the level of, of true trust, um, I, I think that that is that's like critical for being able to have, like have a close relationship with someone. And then the fifth one that I have is actually one that I kind of struggle with. I think that, um, an important quality of a friend is not only that you can share with them, but that they'll share with you and they will be vulnerable with you. I have a hard time, like I said, cause I'm more reserved opening up to people and just like sharing all of my stuff and being vulnerable. But that is, uh, like it's essential to be able to like deeply connect with someone. Right. So, um, mm. I take that as a sign. If someone's able to open up to me, I think, that usually deepens our relationship to a greater level
2: these are great answers i feel like we made like a best friend soup or something yeah. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe i'm just thinking that because i know helen made soup earlier but <laughs> when you're listing everything out and my mind's thinking like it's actually really hard to be a really good friend it is, right there's yeah. so many qualities you need to hit but at the same time it's also maybe easy to some. i don't know but just something I'm thinking about. And Helen, you mentioned earlier that you try to dish out what you also want, right? Mm. So with that in mind, what do you think is your best quality as a friend? And can you share a time when you provided this quality?
0: Oh, yeah. So weird to kind of like talk about myself. Like you tell me what are, what are good qualities <laughs> I have as a friend. Um, I mean, I think the qualities of like comfort and fun and like an easiness to be around me, I feel like mm. a this is what I hear from other people. So people say it's very easy to be around me. um, And like I mentioned, that level of trust um, is something that I want to give to other people because, yeah, like I think like Janet too, I'm a little bit more reserved when it comes to sharing feelings and being vulnerable. So I definitely think that um, I want to give my trust to other people as I want to receive it as well. Um, People have told me I am a good listener. Um, And that um, I I think when I listen, I don't try to give advice right away. And maybe that's why people like Mm. or people tell me that I'm a good listener um, because I listen and really try and empathize with whatever it is that they're going through. Um, And also, I think when it comes to my close group of friends, like the really, really good group of friends that I have, I will make that extra effort to make them feel special on like specific days.
1: Mm. Mm. I agree with that. I can attest to like the things that you're listing. Um, I have noticed that you listen very well, and I notice that because that's usually a comment that I get as well from people. Um, but you don't like you're not kind of quick to respond. You're kind of just take mm. it in, um, and and I think that that is yeah that is I've, I've noticed that as well. And and the planning and the little gifts yes, I, which is strange because I feel like in my um, as I've gotten older I, like. I just, people just don't have time for things. Right. So oftentimes the way you celebrate together or the way that you, it's like you treat a friend to a meal or you just get together mutually. So it's like, I'm like, oh, when you, I've gotten little gifts and things from Helen. I'm like, this is nice. I haven't had this since like, you know, I was younger. And, um, it's, it's a nice, yeah, it's a very unique quality.
0: I think I'm not a very mushy type person. I don't express my feelings that much. But when it comes to like writing a card or writing, you know, putting mm-hmm. putting thought into writing something for someone like a Christmas card or whatever it is, like, that's where I will show you my love. Uh. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, Helen, I remember when for Christmas, she gave us a really good gift. She gave us a poetry book from Rupi yeah. Kaur. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so thoughtful. And if she she's like, you better read the card. and i was like all right and i was like all right always read helen's christmas
0: cards i'm not gonna say to you in person but read the card (laughs) (laughs) she'll start hiding behind a pillow she starts talking about emotions yes pillow safety net all right what about you janet what do you think is your best quality as a friend um so i also said
1: like the thing that i get the most often is that i am a good listener um and that i make people feel heard and um i think that is also because i generally i'm i'm Pretty hesitant to like give advice because I have, I truly believe that like there isn't necessarily a, uh, a right answer for things, right? Mm. Um, so I, I often want people to arrive at the answer themselves. And I will mostly be there to listen and to ask questions to get them to answer and talk more and then hope and then eventually get them to like answer their own question. Um, so I have noticed that like since I was young that people often will come to me and like share you know, Mm. share their their feelings or if they're struggling with something. So yeah, I don't have like a concrete example, but I just, I know that that has happened often. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing I've noticed, I don't know if this is like, I guess it's, I don't know if it's a quality in friendship, but like when I was younger and I would be in like larger friend groups with like my, like the neighbor kids, Um, you know, when you're younger, people get into fights a lot. And so um, I remember that when fights would happen, I would almost always be that like moderator person who's like the messenger that like goes to the corner and talks to one party and like, you know, and then gets their message and then goes to the other party and kind of (laughs) like negotiates and make sure it's like everyone cool. and We're all okay. Um so yeah I feel like that's probably those are generally generally my my qualities and the third I will say is that I think I'm also generally reliable I get that quite a bit. Um mm. I think it's just like a person not even not necessarily in my friendships but at work or all those things like mm. I'm generally kind of like pretty steady I guess I don't know.
0: So. Yes isn't it awkward to talk about yourself but <laughs> I will say I will concur with everything that you are saying you are extremely dependable I find like I find you to be a very good support system like whenever mm-hmm. we like myself or Mel we have something on our minds like it's so easy to talk to you because we know that you're not judgmental you have no like other ulterior motive or anything mm-hmm. else but mm-hmm. you just like want to be there to listen and to give advice and and help you like that is your your Enneagram. You are a number nine, the helper, and that is, like, that is you through and through. You're just a very good, compassionate, kind-spirited person. Yes. yes. Thank you. <laughs> That's
2: a good example, but you remind me of, like, a sturdy rock in, in a in a flowing river. Oh. Like, a current. Like, I, f- I can see a lot of things changing and moving, but in some ways, we always know we can rely on you, you always be this very, like, steady and, like, strong foundation and person we can always rely on.
0: Mm, I like that.
2: You know? Sounds, like, cool. But, uh... <laughs>
0: So you're a poet no? yeah yeah i know we got a, we right. got a rapper what? a rapper and a poet today
2: right <laughs> uh no I, to add to what helen said Jen, i for sure have gone to you so many times there are moments where i didn't know where to go to and i went to you and you'd always give me like these advice where you're like well you're you're very non-judgmental with what's going on with me and i always feel like but you always ask me like these like questions you're like so how do you feel about that like very like these type of general questions mm-hmm. where you're you're not like Well, what you're doing is shitty. But anyways, like you don't ever respond that way. So I think what you, your descriptions are very accurate.
1: Janet's our therapist. Yeah. (laughs) I have, yeah, I have been told that as well. I've had people in the middle of conversations and like, "Uh, am I paying for this session? (laughs) It's like, we owe Janet a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) But Mel, how about you? What do you think is your best quality as a friend?
2: honestly i had to text justin from j-raw twins this question because i didn't i didn't know how to answer this for myself it, it, it's like you said Helen, it's like it's so awkward to talk about mm-hmm. yourself and i was like hey <laughs> what is my best quality as a friend and he said loyal and dependable and i was like can you share an example so, like, kinda, so i kind of I know what you're talking about and he was like saying so you know you both know so jason and justin are twins and they were living together for a while but they jason moved back to seattle so that was a very hard time for for justin mm-hmm. And Justin, this is the first time I ever saw him cry, like ever. And he was like really heartbroken. Mm. And he told me he's like, "You're willing to drop everything just to be with me. Mm. Like, it didn't matter what was going on. You're like, you're like, you wanted to just be there." I was like, "Yeah, I guess." In some ways, I think when it comes to my friends, like I'm very loyal because when I think about my friendships, I actually put them really high on my totem pole of values. Like I really value my friendships mm. because I think I have such deep connections, you know, with with you both and like just my close friends here. And like I have also had maybe I am loyal because I have friends from so many different aspects of my life, from like elementary school to college to high school i'm still loyal to these groups of friends i guess i'm loyal and dependable Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. dependable i'm just like really i don't know but that's what they said
0: yeah i mean i would totally agree with that i think those are two very good words to describe you like loyal and also like even to the points of what you were bringing up earlier in the qualities that you want in a friend saying like you will go sort of like above and beyond to make someone feel special like i feel like you do that too when you like cook for us mm. um when you when you see that i have all this like home renovation stuff going on and you're just like i think you need food i'm like i do need food and then you just show up with like food i'm like hey thanks you know like you're you're thinking about your friends and and you will drop everything to be with a friend if they need you yeah this fits your description of a, a golden retriever yeah that's a dependable that's true. yeah <laughs>
1: No, the I, yeah, loyal loyal or loyalty. I know there's a game called loyalty that we play sometimes, but I, I think oh. <laughs> oh,
0: that's a really <laughs> di- that's a different, a different, uh, gap, different loyalty. Game. Yep. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, yeah, I think for me, that's like the number one thing that I would think of you. You do hold your friendships very, uh, of mm. high value. Um, and you will, you will through and through make sure that like they are prioritized. And like, I don't know, I just feel like I just have memories of like if something happens and you feel like even potentially you could have hurt someone like a close friend's feelings you'll like go in and check in on them like are you sure you're okay. It mm-hmm, also yeah. probably comes from a place of you're like being more sensitive person too. I feel like you're very yeah. Mm-hmm. So loyalty I can definitely see that. <laughs>
2: I love glasses, so whenever I see someone wearing glasses that I feel are super stylish, I always ask them what brand they use. The answer is pretty unanimous, and it's always from Warby Parker. So recently, I was on the hunt for a new pair of sunglasses for my mom. She's had the same sunglasses for 10 years, and she needed an upgrade. I signed up for Warby Parker, did their quiz, and they sent me a bunch of amazing high-quality sunglasses to try on. I love their home try-on kit because my mom and I both have wider, flatter faces, so it's hard to find sunglasses that actually fit. It was difficult to choose one, but I got her the Raglan and T-Rose fade. She loves them so much, and they look so good on her. Warby Parker is committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores. This includes eyeglasses, sunglasses, eye exams, and contact lenses. Their glasses start at $95, including prescription lenses. They also have sunglasses, progressives, and blue light lenses. Try Warby Parker's free home try program. Order five pairs of glasses to try at home for free for five days. There's no obligation to buy. Shifts free includes a prepaid return shipping label. Try five pairs of glasses at home for free at warbyparker.com. abg
1: Health is wealth, so the saying goes. And growing up in an Asian household, I was often exposed to Eastern values of maintaining good health, so I know it's a priority in our culture. As Asian Americans, we have unique health concerns, yet our voices aren't being heard in health research. And when research doesn't include us, future health discoveries may not either. Sharing our health information can help researchers address the health problems in our community. Research studies in the US have rarely considered Asian American people, and it's well past time for that to change. The All of Us Research Program wants to gather health information from 1 million or more people. They want people from all walks of life to take part. That means young and old people, men and women, and people from cities and rural areas. It means sick and healthy people, and it means people of different races, ethnicities, and sexual orientations. They will collect information such as your height, weight, health conditions, and medicines. Researchers may be able to use this information to better understand and improve health for all of us. The more people who join, the more information researchers will have and the more they will learn. Ask your friends and family to join to make a difference at joinallofus.org A-B-G.
2: Everyone knows I'm a binge watcher and I feel like I'm pretty much caught up with every show imaginable. If you're like me and on the hunt for something new to watch, you need to check out Acorn TV. It's the largest commercial-free British streaming service with hundreds of exclusive shows from around the world, including award-winning mysteries, dramas, comedies, and so much more. I really enjoy shows that take place in a different time period because I love seeing how they execute production and costumes. One show that's on my list is Miss Fisher's Modern Murder Mysteries. Not only does it take place in the 60s, but the lead is a woman and has such a fun personality. This show follows Peregrine Fisher, a lady detective who investigates murder in Melbourne in the 1960s. With the help of the handsome, straight-laced detective James Steed, hello, and a group of accomplished women, Peregrine manages her new life as a detective. If you're ready for a streaming service that offers new stories, new characters, and breathtaking sceneries every week, do what I did and get Acorn TV. Try Acorn TV free for 30 days by going to acorn.tv and use promo code ABG. Make sure to enter the code in all lowercase letters. That's A-C-O-R-N dot TV, code ABG
0: to get your first 30 days for free. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle wipes, which clean better than Huggies' natural care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. Well, they say that we are the average of the five people closest to us. It would seem then that our friends are a reflection of us at any given point in our life. And as we change many times over the course of our lives, our friends may change as well. So I'm curious, Janet, who was your best friend as a kid? And can you just describe them in your relationship? So I
1: actually, I have a hard time with choosing best friends. And I actually have two answers for this. Um, and it's interesting because they're both very, very different. Uh, but when I think about like my kind of the first few friendships and best friendship relationships I had as a child, these are people that like I really grew up with together. People whom like I went to their homes and I knew their families and they came to my home and they knew my family. So these are very interesting and unique relationships, right? Because as you get older, there sometimes the, the familial um, interaction isn't quite quite there the same way. Um, And there's a certain familiarity with them that, you know, I don't maybe talk to these people anymore on a day-to-day basis, but um, like they know where I come from and I know where they come from. One of my best friends when I was young, I actually met her in kindergarten and we connected because she was also Taiwanese Chinese. So our parents kind of also got along. Our friend dynamic was like, Like, we definitely, we were those girls that had the friendship, you know, necklaces, the one where she has half half the heart and then I have half the heart. Um, And she was just always the very, like, trendy one, the one who, like, got into boys first, who would, like, I learned about clothes and fashion from her. She was really into, like, Limited two. I don't know if anyone remembers Mm. Limited (laughs) two. I still have Limited two underwear. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you really, Mel? (laughs) It's my drawer. Wait, I don't, do they still exist as a brand? I don't, I don't know anymore. So she was, like, kind of all around, you know, the the girl that was, like, a much more girl girl um and uh she was actually the reason why i got into dance too Mm -hmm. because she really wanted to go take dance classes and her mom um, said i will sign you up but you have to find a friend to go Mm. and so her mom called my mom to try to convince me to go so that that we could have like a carpool going Um, and I remember I was I was like yeah sure I'll try I don't really you know care but I have her to thank for for helping me like discover that that hobby or that that love of you know that part of my life Mm -hmm. but yeah she was always kind of like she was a little older than I was and was always kind of the cooler and like the smarter one she kind of tested naturally into the gifted and talented program and it was like first one to have a boyfriend. I remember in like sixth grade when I was still kind of like, eh, guys, I don't know, whatever. Like I would like be the note passer for her to, for, for the guys. Oh. What's her, what's her name? Yeah. Her name is Catherine. Catherine. So she actually now uh, lives in Taiwan or she moved to Taiwan. Oh. Um, And she went there, I think to teach. Um, and now I think maybe works in marketing or something. We were really good friends all through elementary school, but we drifted apart um, and we started to diverge starting in maybe, like, junior high. And I think it was really because we started, like, our interests started kind of moving apart. Mm. And she was Mm -hmm. really getting into, like, popularity and guys and, like, kind of the social aspect, which is normal Mm. for a teenager. And I just, like, was not into, I don't know, I just, like, never cared about popularity. I always Mm. felt kind of, like, a little bit more, like, alternative, I guess. And I just didn't, you know, and I wasn't interested in, Mm -hmm. like, boys and, and that kind of a thing. So we kind of drifted, and she actually started getting closer to this other girl. And I just remember the ending of our, like, close friendship being filled with a lot of, like, stupid petty fights, right? And in Mm. hindsight, when I reflect back, I'm like, oh, I think I was jealous. I was probably really jealous Mm. that she was, like, she found a new friend. Um, But Mm. anyways, yeah, it's all good, though. (laughs) That was a long time ago. And she is someone that was, like, really pivotal for me. I think the way that I grew up with cousins, she was close, like, family. Mm. Um, The second person is a friend that I grew up down the street from. Her parents, to this day, live three houses down from my parents and I've known this girl probably the earliest ever I think I met her when I was maybe four three or four and she is someone that I truly like I like half lived at her house and she half lived at my house um and she's a Vietnamese-American, so I grew up always with memories of, like, knowing what it smells like to be in a Vietnamese home with her mom cooking all the time and trying all the different varieties of food. Um, yeah, and we would – she had an older sister and also a brother, um, and we would just always be at each other's homes, like, kind of – playing around and, and, you know, being kids. And as we got older, um, she was pretty critical for me because a lot of my other like Asian or South Asian American friends um, were more kind of heavily influenced by the traditional way of thinking about academics in terms of like prioritizing math and science. Uh, she, she actually did end up majoring in science, I think. But as a elementary school student in a junior high she loved reading and writing this mm-hmm. girl was like the, the most intense reader that I knew she would go through books like crazy and so I think that really impacted me that I had a friend who was so interested in that kind of stuff Um, and then as we got, even when we got into college, like she, when we weren't, that was the first time in college where we kind of separated and not, we're not like neighbors basically. And she kept our friendship going through, and this is before the time of like text messaging and you know, all of that. So she would write me handwritten letters when we were in college. And because of that, I feel like I had this practice of like, expressing myself through language because i would write her back and she mm-hmm. also was very vulnerable and like i remember her because she realized for the first time moving away to college like the importance of certain friendships and she shared like she, she's like you know i really love you as a person mm-hmm. and and yeah and i was like oh and it, it made me kind of reflect and have to learn to express myself and my feelings through the written word as well so yeah i think those are two people that really had an impact on my childhood and are
0: probably our reflection of how i was as a kid um. yeah where's where this uh the second friend today are you still do you still keep in contact with her
1: yeah yeah we don't talk often um but we still always like you know for big holidays and stuff she now lives um in not it's not quite san diego but kind of like around san diego uh county area with her husband um mm. so yeah she's still still in the neighborhood and her parents still live three houses down from my parents that's awesome <laughs> yeah Aww. how about you mel how, like what is your memory of some of your early friendships
2: when I think of my first best friend, I, I thought that was really hard for me to pinpoint. Um, I'm not sure if it's preschool or, or elementary school, but I had a friend named Erica I play with all the time. The only memory I have with her, to be honest, is this photo of me and her hugging in front of a Christmas tree. Aww. And that's it, to be honest. So maybe that's not really my... Maybe, I think that was my first, like, first, quote-unquote, best friend. Mm. But as you're describing your experience, Janet, like, with your elementary school friend I went to middle school... My actually real probably first best friend was my friend Vicky that you guys both know. Mm. So Vicky mm. is the one I met in fourth grade at the bus stop. And we found out that her family is also from Taiwan. So my grandma and her mom became friends. And so at the bus stop, they'll talk with each other. And then we, be- we gradually became friends. And we would go over to her house for dinner. And then she'll come over to my house. And we were so close to the fact that when my grandma went to China for like uh, for vacation, she like brought back a cheap owl for me and for her to Aww. match and stuff so we have like photos together in our Pow an elementary school but she's like your classic when you think of like your classic like best friend in elementary to middle school like I think of Vicky like if you guys watch pen 15 mm. that's literally like <laughs> that our too. relationship it was us too like we would be like dressing up and like whatever like we would match clothing and like we did this activity together where we would um, listen to like Celine Dion and sing for each other and then <laughs> rate each other's singing because we really influenced by American Idol. And I would be so but her because she would give me a low score and I'd be like, and at that time I thought she was tone deaf and I, I was in choir. <laughs> so I'd be like, why do I get a six? And I gave you a nine. Like that's just not right. So I, I remember getting really but her about those things. And like the dumbest things we would do, like obviously when you're in middle school, elementary school, you're kind of like getting into boys. And during the summer, we would call each other every day, and she would come over sometimes. And I didn't have a pool, but my grandpa would blow up this like big blow up like pool a kiddie in the backyard. pool, yeah. a kiddie pool. And there are moments where I'd be in the backyard just swimming, and I'd be like who do you like? And then we'll just share the guys we like. And we pretend to kiss the guys on the pool. So we're like, we'll we're like, <laughs> pretend, pretend to make out with the guy, but we're making out with the blow up pool, which just sounds so weird to say out loud. <laughs> and, you know, and we do silly things, silly things like we would hold our stuffed animals and then pretend to slow dance with the guy that we're with. So like very classic, those like kind of like silly adolescent, you know, learning about boys. We did it, t- we did it together um but yeah she was probably my my, i guess like my first best friend that i have very distinct memories with and i'm still close with vicky like she lives in la now so we we remain friends ever since we were 10.
1: Aww, oh, my God.
0: That is so cute. I mean, those that's funny you bring up all those memories because I'm like, yeah, those you make out with random things Right. Like with your <laughs> friends around, and it's like, find your corner and go make out with your stuffed animal or whatever it yeah. is. It's, oh, my gosh. Yes. Can you imagine one day seeing your, your daughters Kids. or sons doing that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I would probably
2: cringe, but also like be very entertained by it.
1: <laughs> I could, it's weird. All the stories that you shared, Mal, I feel like are very telling of you, too. I could see you pretending to you know like sing and wanting to perform for each other and kind of like uh you know like that that type of performance aspect and then also being very like boy crazy not boy crazy but you know oh, yeah, just like for
0: sure just <laughs> no no for sure it started I, young it started young yes it started yeah, young like we, yeah i remember i don't know if you
2: guys had this experience with your best friends but like we would play cds like mandy morton sing like this i promise you or like only hope i'd be like this song reminds me of this is our, my feeling like we would literally talk about how this song just reminds me of this boy uh, anyways, that was that was my first best friend. Helen, I'm curious to hear if you have any experiences making out in corners with stuffed animals, too. So who was your first best friend?
0: <laughs> I mean, I definitely did, but let's not talk about that. So uh, my first best friend, her name was Rita, and we knew each other since, I want to say, like, pre I think preschool or kindergarten. Since obviously, I can't remember. Um, but she, yes, for any friends from, like, home listening, they, they know her because she was... Um, like kind of in our friend group up till maybe like eighth grade or so Um, but she is Cambodian American and she spoke out with her family, and she was so, she was so cool. Like, if I were to describe her, she was so smart, and she had such a chill, relaxed personality, and, a, a, like, a real I-don't-give-a-fuck attitude about her. Every, mm. Like, as a kid, can you imagine as a kid having a yeah. I-don't-give-a-fuck attitude? I'm just like, she's so cool. <laughs> but her cousins actually lived behind my apartment, so if you remember where I got proposed was in the gravel area behind mm-hmm. my apartment. Um, and after dinner if Rita was around at her cousin's place she would be screaming for me to like come down and play with her like Helen come down and be like okay so I would come down the three flights of stairs and climb over the fence to her community which was this incredible loving Cambodian community and when we were kids we made these like long ropes out of rubber bands do you guys ever do that oh Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah I remember that yeah and then we would play jump rope and just like hang out all the time. Um, And she was someone to me that was a person I wanted to be so much like, Mm -hmm. like extremely smart. I remember copying her Latin homework sometimes. Um, Very meticulous. And again, very cool. And I think as a, as a kid, I was always part of the, the popular kid crowd, but I was always the nerd or the reserved one. And Mm -hmm. I still remember like people picked on me the most within the group um which is kinda sad to think about. But I have this like one fond memory that was probably in third grade, so I was probably like eight years old, and in the mornings before we went into our homerooms, everyone would get breakfast in the cafeteria and then file in a straight line outside these large doors before you enter in the school area, the like non-cafeteria section of the building, and I always prided myself on being like first in line. I don't know why, it's a nerd thing to do, <laughs> but I was always first or third out of like a hundred kids in line. Um, and I would just like pull out my homework and do homework there or scribble or even journal. And it's very rare for us, I think, to remember memories from when we were that young. Mm -hmm. But there's one memory that sticks out with me waiting in line. And very often I would take out my notebook and I would write in there. I hope Rita is nice to me today. Because I think I like really valued our friendship and I really wanted her to like me. And this like this people pleasing side of me had Mm. has always been there ever since I was a kid. And because I was always like the nerd or the one that kind of felt left out or or picked on or whatever. So I wrote a lot of letters like that, kind of like praying that Rita would like me and be nice to me that day. Mm. Mm. But she was nice to you, right? She she was, but I think it's that, like, I don't, I don't give like a fuck a, attitude yeah. that I'd be like, oh, is it, like, are you mad at me? Or yeah, is yeah, like, yeah, something yeah, happened yeah, yeah. at home? Or, what like, why? Because yeah. I, I was always the type of person that was just, like, always nice to friends, you know? So I didn't yeah. understand when someone was giving me an attitude or because it was a result of something else that was happening in their lives. Mm. So... I, I've, I've been trying to find those letters and every time I go home I try to search for these like letters because I, I wrote a lot of them um, but I can't find them my mom probably saw them and threw them away because she's probably like this is toxic <laughs> so we were really good friends up until eighth grade or so and that's when i had mentioned in earlier episodes we were both like skipping school a lot we would skip school mm-hmm. to play basketball we got into fights with like gangs in our community these little kids yeah. who would always say that they would get like their older brothers or sisters on us who were in the crypts and on the bloods and <gasps> our community definitely had people like that so mm-hmm. we would either fight back or run away and it was like us two always getting into trouble. Um, we were also like subtle pyros. We loved going to the forest and just burning things, leaves, paper, whatever it was. Very not safe to do, mm. but we were dumb and we were susceptible to being rebellious kids. Yeah. So yeah. after my whole incident with my mom, which I had mentioned on the podcast before uh, and deciding for myself that I wanted to become a better daughter for my mom, that's when Rita and I stopped hanging out with each other. Um, mm. And she eventually left uh, high school as well she dropped out so it's a very sad reason to not have my childhood best friend um, but when I look at her Facebook and I look at it every so often she has three beautiful kids who are Aww. probably like five plus now and I am very happy to see that she has such a beautiful family but our lives are definitely no longer like intertwined mm-hmm. mm. Wow I feel like yeah. I went through like a really like a, like a good chapter. (laughs) (laughs) Pathetic child.
2: (laughs) No, no. I mean,
1: also, I feel like it's very telling of your personality, Helen. Like, when you say she has that don't give a fuck, like... Um, I can see that part of you. There's like a certain grit and like a certain toughness to you that I can definitely see reflected in that. Because I think, Mm -hmm. yeah, when you're young, like those are very, you're very impressionable, right? Those are very Mm -hmm. impressionable years. Yeah, I I also didn't know that you were considered, like you were picked on and you were considered the nerdy of the cool crowd or the, of the pop. That's an interesting sector to be in because you're in the cool, the popular kids crowd. But then within Mm -hmm. that, within that group, you're kind of getting picked on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird it's a because I feel like no matter what, kids are always picking on each other, like making yeah, fun yeah. of little things like, oh, your clothes are weird or whatever. And right, I feel right. like I was always the one picked on and be like, why? But then I also didn't fight back because I would just take it because I'm like, oh, they're my friends. Mm, you know, maybe this yeah, is just yeah. what friendships are like. And I just uh, have to be that person that absorbs everyone's like pain or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. How about
1: wait, Mel, were you I would curious, like when you were in like elementary and middle school, would you say you were in like what crowd would you have associated yourself with?
2: I never was in the popular crowd in the elementary or like middle school, and to be honest, I think I've always wanted to be. Though I was always was like, oh, mm. like in middle school, there was these really cool girls that were like Fat Farm shoes, and I, here I am wearing Payless shoes, and they they would be the ones that would take the sticky pictures, like the studio. Oh place. yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And I and I felt so honored when one of the girls would give me one of their photos. I'm just like. oh! Oh my god, I got a photo <laughs> from her. I, I would feel like like, oh she sees me. It's just mm. so weird. Like, you know? Mm. So I could totally when I read my Enneagram like type three wing two, I was like, Oh, this is totally yeah, childhood. Um mm, interesting. Because they yeah, and so I don't think I really was, but I always admire them from afar. Aww.
0: Mm. i could see if if our timelines were aligned like i would have been the nerdy one and i would have been like oh who's this nerdy kid and then we would have been nerdy friends it
2: friends. <laughs> <laughs> would be like they're taking studio pictures well, we're gonna take our own studio pictures yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and make out in the corner with our stuffed animals stuffed, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so cool <laughs> So
2: all three of us were, no, Helen was in the popular crowd, but like the nerdy in the popular crowd. And Janet, you were not in the popular crowd.
1: I was, I feel like I just like was in my own world. I don't know. I just, I could I ha- see that. <laughs> yeah. I, could see that too. I, I kind of just like, I feel like I wasn't in the popular crowd or if there was one too, I wasn't really aware of it. And then I just didn't really care. I just kind of did my own thing. I don't know. <laughs> I'm the kid in the sandbox by myself. (laughs) I can see Janet being like, "What is the word groups? What is a crowd? Like, there's no that doesn't exist. I don't know. (laughs) I don't believe in the idea of of hierarchy
0: (laughs) or friendships (laughs) or friendships. Yeah,
1: (laughs) open open relationships for all. Um, But but yeah, I mean, so so childhood years, you know, friendships are are childhood years in general are very formative. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have high school and high school is like a whole other world. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious what your friendships were like in high school. Like who who were the people that you were around? What were those dynamics like? Uh, how about you, Mel? OK, so I mentioned Vicky.
2: I met her in when I was 10. And then after Vicky, I actually met her really good friend, her childhood friend, Lindsay. So Lindsay and I are actually the same year. We went to the same middle school together, same classes. And then Vicky is a year younger than us. So I think when we went to high school, that's when all three of us kind of came together. And hung out. It's really interesting because I think all three of us come from different backgrounds. Like everyone, when we told them, like we're best friends, everyone's like, "Really? You guys are so different." Like I was in the choir group. Vicky was in this rebellious group that I don't know what they did. And then Lindsay had her own her own friends. She was in the swim team, so like very different people coming together. But what brought us together is that we had a neighborhood group of friends that. My friend Ian, his mom Tammy would invite all the kids over after school and on Friday she'll cook these big meals, like very American style, like the neighborhood kids gather and she'll make spaghetti and casseroles for us and drive us to football games and have like oh, wow. swim parties and barbecues in her backyard for all the kids. So she loved the kids. So we'd all go there. And so I feel like I, really ha- I kind of in some ways think I had this like really fun, like movie-esque type of like dynamic in high school mm. with these different groups of people because Even though I had Vicky and Lindsay and all three of us are Taiwanese-American, but everyone that went to TAMI was, like, different. There was, like, Caucasian mixed people, like, Latino. Like, all of us are very different people just coming together and hanging out and doing this really good friendship. But I feel like my time in high school, my relationship is very, like, also, like, you know, typical things in high school, like, you know, going to football games and having a lot of fun and, you know, um, talking about prom and, you know, Vicky and Lindsay and myself, like, Lindsay and I actually got our first boyfriends around the same time or our, our first, first like big official boyfriend. So we would talk about like, oh, how was your first kiss? And like, you know, other stuff, like, you
1: <laughs> other know. Other first,
2: Other first things you explore in high school. So, like, <laughs> what is that? What is that? Um, and then just, you know, dealing with college and pressures from our, our parents. Like I used to have class with Lindsay and I remember she'd feel so like pressured to like apply to colleges. So we would talk about that. Um, but yeah, I think our experience is very... We, I, I, it's funny because I actually texted Lindsay this morning. I was like, do you remember, like, what do you think – what do you remember when you think of our high school relationship? She's like, honestly, just think about all the fun times we had at Tammy's house and, like, swimming and, like, you know, all these just fun memories. I'm just like, yeah, like, I can't think of really anything that's, like, really negative from that time in high school. And I guess my relation with them now is I'm still, cl- like, close with Lindsay and Vicky – Lindsay is actually getting married in a few weeks and one of her maid of mm-hmm. honor so wow. I think all three of us like even though we had definitely like we're different people now for sure but I think we were able to maintain like our closeness by you know group chatting and stuff like that and I always see them when I'm back at home so yeah those are that was my experience in high school.
0: Yeah, I feel like your friendships from um from when you were a kid to high school are like so strong. Like you even tell us stories about how you would like shower together and stuff. That's like that's like mind-blowing oh. to me. But it's like a <laughs> a next level of friendship that is that's like so open.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Actually, that you said that I was like, oh, that is true. So Vicky and Lindsay were the ones that like we literally like. Yeah, we showered together, you know, and we would talk about like pubic hair, like, oh my God, you have so much more hair than me, why? You have so little, like little stupid things like that we'd talk about, but it's a little weird now, now that I say it out loud, but
0: <laughs> like, is that creepy, and, but... And the whole Asian boss girl network and community knows. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry, it is what it is, but Helen, I'm curious. Um, so you probably didn't shower with your best friends in high school?
0: <laughs> I did not shower with anyone, but probably my sister until we were like maybe four and then stuff I don't know but um yes not at not at pubic care age um so my best friend in high school I would say is Christine as you know as you both know who I still love very much today she lives in Boston and she is the first person I reach out to whenever I go home to visit she is my comfort like I feel like our relationship has not changed ever since high school Mm. even the the crude humor that we have is still very prevalent between us and she just kind of like gets me you know it's like Mm. it's so easy to be around her and she is so caring and compassionate like if you get sad she will literally get sad with you and feel the pain with you and be there to support you but like really feel it with you too um, and she is someone that I can trust. So all of the things that I kind of mentioned earlier of qualities that I, I look for in a friend, she encompasses them. And I love her so much. Um, yeah. One memory that I have, I think I've, I've brought this up before in the past, and I pick on her about this all the time, um, was when we were in college together and this random guy messaged me on Facebook and asked if we can go on a date. Did I mention our, this already on our podcast? No, but please share. I, yeah. <laughs> I might have, okay. And so this was the first time ever that I was like, okay, maybe I will go on this random blind date with someone who just reached out to me on facebook and he was someone from bc like he's on campus so he was like oh i've seen you around on campus and i don't know nowadays i would (laughs) have been like that is stalkery but at the same time i was like hey props to you for having the you know the um the courage to reach out to someone like this so she was the one i was like okay i'm not gonna do this this is really weird and she was like what if that is your future husband. Oh like, I kinda sounded like her when I just said that too. <laughs> She's like, what if that's your future husband? And you know, who knows? You know, he's not bad looking on on the um, on the on the laptop. And I was just like, okay, I don't know, dude, but so I went on my first blind date ever, and I've only had two random person dates in my life. I'm mm. trying to think back to make sure that's correct. I'm pretty sure I've only had two like set up dates with someone random so this guy he shows up to our dorm room and christine is there with me she was my freshman year roommate and i open the door and this is gonna be kind of mean but i looked at him and i was like this ain't what you look like in your photos oh i, I didn't know. say that <laughs> but i was like okay please give me a minute and i close the door <coughs> and then i like fucking pummeled christine and we we're silently laughing so hard and she's just like don't kill me don't kill me like whispering because he's standing right outside our door so oh my god if he were to hear commotion inside the room, it'd be very obvious. But I was just like, you bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> he does not look anything like his photos. And now I have to go out with this random guy and go on a full date with him. And it was like one of the worst dates ever. But oh, um, no. it was That's bad. Hilarious. It was so yeah. bad. I was just like, you owe me one. So all of that to say, it's a fun story. And I would say find a friend that encourages you to get out of your comfort zone. Because who knows? Like he could have been the one for me, right? But I I wasn't I wasn't willing to take that chance, so, um, yeah. But she she's basically like a sister to me, and we've been through a lot of different experiences,
2: a Mm. lot of fun ones. That's awesome. Wait, quickly, quickly, how did you meet Christine?
0: I met her in high school. So she I met her, we were uh, probably in seventh grade, yeah, Mm. just through the same classes. A lot of Asian people hung out with like our Asian group, and yeah, we got we got pretty close ever since like seventh grade
2: mm. i will say that when you describe christine because um, Jan and i have both met christine whenever we go to boston she had definitely has like a really cool energy and vibe like mm. she has this she, you guys are both very similar when you both have this like let's go we're down They have this down type of personality and i'm just like i can see why you and helen get along so well i, was, like, I see it it's this energy you guys are both very similar
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time, every yeah. time I go home, we used to go to this place called. Anyone in Boston who knows uh, this underground club called Storyville. I brought you ladies there before, yeah. but every time I go home, like. Christine, we have to go to Storyville. She's like, okay, let's do it. And then we try to get like everyone, all of our other friends to go with us and they're like, no, that club is nasty. Like, why would you go there? Everyone's so sweaty and it's cramped in there. We're like, we have so much fun there. So we have, we just have a lot of fun together, just like Mm -hmm. randomly, you know, catching up, gossiping, whatever it is. It just feels like we're back in high school every time we're back together. So that's like, I feel like those are, those are true best friend qualities when, you know, despite the distance and time, it always just Mm -hmm. feels like you're back to where you guys are left off mm. yeah how about for you jay who was your best friend in high school
1: Ah, uh, so once again i don't really have like best friends in school i kind of just have like groups of people but <laughs> um but Who's i will best say what if? <laughs> but i will say like um if i think about who i was in high school and how like what my kind of like focus was and therefore like mm-hmm. the people that i uh like surrounded myself with Um, I was like really academically focused and like probably to an unhealthy level, like at the neglect of everything else. Like I really didn't care about social life or popularity or any of those things. And I was just so fully focused on like doing well and going to a good school. Um, And there, though I like, I was in like dance and I did different things. So I had like different small groups of people that I would float between. um, The one group that I still keep in contact with today were uh, a group of like, it was like four or five of us and they, these were girls who were all from either Asian or South Asian American homes. Like all of their parents were um, immigrants and they came here from India, Pakistan, Vietnam, China, and Taiwan. Um, and generally we're also, you know, same kind of beeline focus of focusing on school and academics and wanting to go into a good school and not really like caring so much about like the social life or, or different things like that. Um, but of the group, I would say that I bonded the most with uh, Sheila, who is mm. like one of my closest friends to this day and now we still hang out and she's in Long Beach. She has second kid on the way, so we haven't been able to hang out as much um, but we bonded I think because that group a lot of um like I said, I think because a lot of us came from like immigrant families and our parents were you know just like just a kind of more conservative and more traditional Asian influence in our demeanor. But Sheila um, and I bonded because I think she was also a little bit more liberal and less Mm. traditional. She Mm. loved Tupac, and we both shared a love for Lauryn Hill. um, And, Mm. you know, so there was a taste in music that was a little different and also we both, you know, were into kind of like the dark nail polish, a little bit of alternative style. We wore Doc Martin's. Um so we're just a little bit more of like counterculture ish, I guess you could say. Uh, mm. versus our other friends were a little bit more kind of like maybe more proper. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, and that also meant that, you know, as we as, you know, we went into college and started drinking and stuff, she was my friend that we were always like going out and dancing and drinking together and probably to the dismay of the other girls in the group. <laughs> um, and in terms of like my relationship with her, I like, we bonded over that. But um, what was what is interesting is that I think because, and I've done so much reflecting about like where my like ambitious drive came from as a child, even though I felt like my parents were very like mm-hmm. lax, but I still felt like, like I was my own tiger parent in my head. Um, mm-hmm. And she was important to me because I think that you know, in, in high school and in college, um, we were both like good students. We weren't amazingly smart, like, because there were people, I feel like there were like some amazing, but I would say like, we were pretty, you know, we were both like graduated with over like four, you know, like we, we did well. Um, but she really excelled in graduate school. So she scored Mm -hmm. really high on the LSATs and was like waitlisted for Harvard and went to Duke for law school. So I felt like she kind of like vicariously through her, I kind of saw the, the accomplishment of like, you know, what a, what a, Asian or South Asian, uh, parent is, you know, their dream is of. Um, and yet if you talk to her about that experience, she like had a lot of very challenging experiences in law school and sometimes would say like, Oh, I should, I chose the wrong, you know, whatever it was. Um, but ended up in her career. Like I think when she first went into law school, I remember her telling me, I'm going to go work for a big, big law, like make all the money and do the, you know, the corporate law. She now, she ended up working in, she does, she's a public defender, So she like that is very like social focused. And I definitely saw a change in her like near the end of law school and all throughout where she just became really, really passionate about kind of like the underdog. And um, and I think being Pakistani American herself and being a woman um, and probably going through law school and going to Duke where there's a lot of people that come from money and Mm -hmm. wealth and in being kind of exposed to that environment I think she just kind of flipped a little bit of her of what her values were and her priorities so I I I don't know I think that that probably has a huge impact on me and how I was progressing through my career and what I was seeing as valuable um and also I I think that we both went through really big challenges coming out of school and trying to figure out our career paths because she came out of law school I think she graduated during the like economic downturn so she was like Mm -hmm. jobless for like a year or so and imagine you're coming out of law school like you just spent a shit ton of money, you know? And not yeah. being able to work and all that. So she was really there for me in a lot of really hard points in my life and I feel like I was there for her as well.
0: She sounds like an amazing a friend to have. And I could see also how she kind of balances you out really well too. Like someone who is very studious and focused on the on the the studies. And then also just this like alternative like more ratchet lifestyle yeah, that yeah, Janet has said. in her, you know? <laughs> it's like it's like a perfect combination, especially for young Janet who's still trying to figure out like her place in this mm-hmm. world. She sounds yeah, like someone yeah. who is a very strong pillar of a, of a friend to just, like, have by your side.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Especially if, you know, it sounds like your other group of friends felt like they're kind of, like, played by the book or more by the book. And Sheila mm. seems more like, let's just paint the town red and see what happens. And yeah, I feel yeah. like you guys are very similar in that. Um, I always see a picture of Sheila and her family on your fridge because you have your Christmas card there. Yeah, <laughs> She seems really fun and sweet.
1: I've never been the biggest fan of in-store shopping. Between the commute to and from, the crowds and the checkout lines, oh no thank you. For all those reasons, I, like many of you I'm sure, do quite a bit of online shopping. And like many of you, I assume, I use Honey. But if I'm wrong and you're not using Honey, you're pretty much missing out on free money. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the honey button drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. If Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. Honey has saved me money on everything from food orders to clothing purchases and even those flowers I ordered to be delivered for a friend's birthday. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online and has found its over 17 million members over $2 billion in savings. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid in supporting this podcast. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash abg. That's joinhoney.com slash abg.
2: It is officially grilling season, baby. Honestly, one thing I love about summer is barbecue. I'm thinking grilled steaks, drumsticks, marinated with my mom's special sauce, salmon. Mm, I just can't wait. Let's be real though, everyone is thinking the same thing, so it's going to be hard to find quality meat for your friends. But thankfully, with ButcherBox, I won't have that issue. Today's sponsor, ButcherBox, believes everyone deserves high-quality, humanely sourced meat. Every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high-quality meat right to my home. Each box has 9-11 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individual meals. I can customize my box or go with one of theirs. Either way, I get exactly what I want. And new members will get free bacon for life when they sign up. That's perfect because one of my favorite dishes to make during the summer is bacon-wrapped enoki. Yum. Again, backed by popular demand, receive bacon for life. Right now, new members can get bacon for life when they sign up. Just go to butcherbox.com ABG. That's a package of free bacon in every box for the life of your subscription when you go to butcherbox.com ABG.
1: Hi, ABGs and ABBs. It's Janet here, and I want to share with you all one of my current favorite clean beauty brands, Thrive Cosmetics. They make high-performance, vegan, 100% cruelty-free products without the use of parabens or sulfates. Not only are their products effective, beautiful, vegan, and cruelty-free, the company has a bigger-than-beauty mission where for every product purchased, they donate to help women thrive. Women emerging from homelessness, surviving domestic abuse, fighting cancer, and more. I'm currently on my second tube of their Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. It mimics the look of lash extensions with a firm hold tubing formula that slides off with warm water and a washcloth. I also really like their Bright Balance 3-in-1 Cleanser, which is my current go-to face wash. The formula feels like a light lotion and smells delicious. I'm a big fan of this brand, and if you're interested in checking them out too, visit thrivecosmetics.com slash abg for 15% off your first order. This is an exclusive offer you can only get here. That's Thrive, C-A-U-S-E, medics.com slash abg for 15% off your first order. That's thrivecosmetics.com slash A-B-G.
2: who was a good friend
0: in your early career years and what qualities did they have? Okay, so I am going to say my friend Crystal at Ernst Young. She, oh, I love that girl. She was my co-worker and my best friend at work um and i don't think i could have survived without her and she tells me quite often that she is not surviving without me there so sorry crystal but i i needed her there for my own sanity she is so smart so meticulous and even though she was like one two years she's older than me but she she was one two years like behind me and climbing the corporate ladder because she entered at a from different firms and whatnot but um, I went to her for like so many of my questions and either she knew the answers or she would find the answers you know Mm -hmm. so she was a very dependable reliable person um She's also the first person that ever bought a shirt, a t-shirt from Asian Boss Girl and was our first sale ever, our first dollar ever, because I remember I, I brought like a sample, uh, to work to just, cause I was excited. I was like, this is what I'm doing. Look, we have a t-shirt. Yeah. And she was like, here's my money. Take it. And when I was literally just trying to show her the shirt. Aww. So she's always been incredibly supportive and I confided in her with like everything going on at work. She was my... Gossip queen, she was who I could complain to, and I even went to her about things going on in my personal life because mm. it kind of it's nice to have a friend that is removed from your mm. personal life and removed from the people that are in your life because mm. she doesn't know who they are. So she she gave me very unbiased opinions. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I like totally forgot about this, but even like my my personal like deep dark secrets or whatever, like I I shared those with her because it, it was just so easy to talk to her. And it's kind of funny because she is from China. Like, she... I think she moved here after college so that sometimes there is a language barrier or even like societal differences and not really understanding the social construct of living in the US and what is socially acceptable or not like she I remember mm. she would always ask me questions like why did our boss like why did he do that like is that normal is that a, an American thing why does it mm. feel weird I had to be like I had to have to explain it to her you know this is how it is and what, whatever but um, she was always trying to grasp like the difference between Chinese culture and American mm. culture mm. but I I will say though that when I did ask her for help and especially with personal things, she was one of the best listeners and the best advice givers and there were moments where I would be like like no matter where we are raised or where we are born, there is a very human element about all of us like globally that is just so similar and it was very comforting to have like learned that lesson from her mm-hmm. that we we honestly are more similar than than we are different. So I would say Crystal, shout out to Crystal, I don't know if you listen to the podcast, you're probably too busy, but (laughs) um, she for sure saved me um, at EY for the seven years I was in the LA office. Oh, wow. Mm. It's it's actually it's very special to hear you talk about
1: like a friend or a close relationship like that, um, because I think because that's so different from my experience since I jumped around at so many different jobs. I never had like a very close person to me at work. Mm -hmm. And yeah, those are very important years in your life, in your early career, early and middle career. Right. Where you're and especially in a in an industry like yours and in a job like yours where it was so like demanding and, um, you know, really pushes you to your limits. Um. So that's yeah. I can. I definitely thank you, Crystal, for taking care of Helen for us yeah. for those first few <laughs> years. And then you were purchasing our first shirt. That's awesome. <laughs> She's customer number one.
0: <laughs> yeah. She she gave me cash, and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this cash. Like, I don't. Yeah. What? <laughs> I need to set up our Square first. I don't. Know I know. <laughs> How about for you, Janet, who was a good friend in your early career years?
1: So I didn't have people at work, but um, I had there were two friends that I met in college that we particularly because, like, I mean, I met a lot of people in college, and I kind of – I was reflecting, like, why were these two people – did they continue with me through my early career uh, years? And once again, I couldn't pick one. So (laughs) I have Drudjdi, which you you ladies have met, um, and Mm -hmm. also my friend Kristen that I mentioned. We live together in San Francisco. The common thing about these two women is that I feel like we – shared similar drive and career ambition. And I think that that was something that like why I really clicked with them. We were all like getting out of college and really looking to like fully focused on developing our careers. And with Drushti, we share a similar thing. Of of course, it's once again, you know, she comes from like a South Asian American family background. Her parents are from, uh, from India. And I think being the eldest daughter as well we really clicked on having very similar values and similar understanding of or like priorities in being selfless for your family or like really prioritizing your family and she was someone that like I I really admire her for the way that she is a leader because I think that she's a leader she does it in a way where like in western culture I think that we have a very like almost like more business focused definition of a leader like we mm. look so much based off of like it's like it's less human right like they mm. always think about if you're you're more like you get results and and you know you get things done um, versus I feel like she's someone who really embodies like maternal leadership. Like there's like a, mm. a nice, I don't know, there's a humanness to her. And I've always really admired that about her. Um, and she's been critical in my life because she, I think, has demonstrated how, like she's been a lot of how I've reflected how I want to lead. Um, and also with someone that as a friend who forced me to kind of like talk about my feelings, especially mm. during the important years in your like 20s and your 30s when you're dating, right? Like I said, I was not, I'm not a very emotive person. She was one of my very first friends who is very, like, emotionally expressive. Mm -hmm. I had not had that in my life before. And um, if not for her, I feel like I would still be even more emotionally backwards than I (laughs) am now. Um, And then the second person I mentioned was Kristen. I always describe Kristen to my friends as she is like a six foot five white frat boy and a five foot two Vietnamese little girl frame. That, (laughs) That gives you an idea of who she is. She's just, like, so tough and so like sometimes abrasive to people but when she is your friend and she loves you she loves you and she will give everything mm. to you like she it's like my home is your home my money is your money I t- you know Um and I have a lot of respect for her because she came from an immigrant family where she paved the way for herself through scholarships and um and and you know like everything from buying her own home by herself and when her family her dad kind of went through a really bad um medical thing and she was like navigating really spearheading that system so she's just someone that i just i feel like we has a, played a big role in my life as demonstrating those types of values in in like early career and early adulthood hmm. yeah kristen's uh she's a fireball
2: for sure yes very she's much very a <laughs> uh, very she's a very strong yeah. woman I, I remember meeting her and i was like yeah but you guys are very opposites but i think you guys work really well together
1: yeah, I think I'm noticing this trend because I talked about my when I was young, too, I had usually two people and usually they're very opposites. Like because Drushy and mm-hmm. Kristen, I feel like are, they're similar, but they have very opposite personalities. So I don't Is know. That why you always yeah. say
2: you're looking for someone on the opposite end of the battery, because I feel like maybe that's what maybe <laughs> your friendship yeah, you yeah. it with your romantic partners.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I actually feel like a lot of my friends, I like we click, but we're not really similar or like we have a lot of differences. I don't know. Yeah. But how about you, Mel?
2: Uh, so, two groups of people come to mind. The first person actually is Taylor Chan from Wong Fu Productions because um. I know Tay honestly has a, such a special place in my heart because you don't talk every day, but whenever I see him, just like Taylor in that voice, Taylor. Um, <laughs> so, that, moving to LA, I didn't really have any friends. And, you know, um, I was commuting from my aunt uncle's house in Irvine all the way to like Pasadena for Wong Fu. And that, I, I mean, mentally, that could be kind of, you know, tough. And Taylor was just so nice to have at Wong Fu because I feel like we were both experiencing this LA media Asian American representation community together. Like when Phil and Wes invited us to the club where Helen was, I remember looking at Taylor going, Oh my God, it's like our first LA event. And like, he like drove me to the mall to, to buy my first like romper so I could wear it to the club. Like he was oh. so supportive and like uh-huh. experiencing these little things together was super sweet. And honestly like he's probably my first friend in LA that just has really been there for me like the first two years living in LA was tough you know trying to navigate mm. pursuing your passion I'd cry so much to him in the car and he's always been a, such a great listener and we got to a point when I was working at Wong Fu and now we're doing the movie the commute was so much Taylor was like Mel why don't you sleep over at my house a couple times to use my guest room my parents don't mind so even he opened up his like he opened his home to me mm. so I like feel very fortunate for that friendship and I think just to have someone that you could like kind of be on this creative journey together is really cool. Cause from afar, I see Taylor like, like grow so much within Wang Fu. And I'm just like, I-, I knew you from the beginning. I saw you hustle. I saw you like put in the work and the time. And I just feel very proud of him. And so he also says the same thing with AB Jim, just like, oh man, it's just, it's just so crazy. And so I think Taylor is someone that I've always, will always cherish. And you know his personality. He's just so. He's so loyal, dependable too. So, Taylor's someone I feel like was really there for me from my in the beginning of my career and in terms of LA and creative and has will always be there for me. The other two people I think about is the twins for the same exact yeah. reasons for Taylor in different ways because when I started freelancing and touring, honestly, it was probably the most stressed I've been in my life because I'm thrown into this country where I don't know how like the customs. Um I was 25, 24 and I don't know how to manage people as well, so I was like very stressed out dealing with you know you're dealing with celebrities and artists that sometimes you know egos can run high and I remember I was crying so much at, in Thailand actually I was in Thailand stop and I was crying because I didn't know what to do I didn't know how to handle my my job and the twins would just listen to me cry and give me advice and I think in some ways they've been very there for me and I think another reason why I'm so close with them is that because we were both we both got to experience touring together for the first time and we're the same age so I think when you have mm-hmm. same age all this stuff it just makes it easier for you to connect but to be honest, right now, Justin's like, he feels like a breath of fresh air for me. So Justin, Jason, and Taylor are
0: like the people I really think about in terms of Mike who've been there for me in my career. And we know them and we love them. And mm-hmm. two, all of them have been on our podcasts mm-hmm. at one point. Oh, yes. yeah. Look at you, Mel, incorporating your friends into work. <laughs> no, no, not incorporating I friends into your work. It's It's giving them the platform to shine. That is what's happening yeah. here. Yes. Although this does lead me to the next question here that I'm curious about. So when it comes to friendships, there's a saying that guys and girls can never be just friends. And Mel, you mentioned your three closest friends in your early career life, were all guys. I mean, yeah. one's gay, but, you know,
1: all guys. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I'm curious, Mel. Um, has there ever been a time when you questioned whether or not you were just just friends?
2: With the guys you mentioned or just, like, any of my guy friends?
0: With these guys you mentioned.
2: <laughs> no. Like, Justin doesn't swing my way. And Taylor. Taylor honestly feels like a brother to me,
0: you know? so mm-hmm. There was never a moment where you and Taylor were like we're in this together like we have the same passions okay i know i (laughs) know sorry love you taylor but
2: never saw you romantically i I could say probably with confidence he didn't see me that way either
0: sorry (laughs) not with not with these ones yeah i mean i think some people would find that surprising but that's i I could see it too with you and taylor it's like a brother or sister type relationship um how about Mm -hmm. with any other guy friends that you were close to you have a lot of guy friends yeah, of, I was
1: going yeah. to say, I, I feel like Mel, um, of the three of us, like, a lot of your close, close friends are guy friends.
2: Yeah, honestly, the saying, like, you know, guys and girls can never just be friends, I don't think that's true. Um, I do have a lot of close guy friends, you know, I do go on phone calls with them, I talk to them on FaceTime. I, it honestly feels like any of, the, of my friendships, but I will admit that some of my guy friends I'm close with today did start off with, like, a crush, or like, huh? Mm. Is this something? Is this romantic or is it not? Um I don't know if but I should name names or anything. Why should just we just talk about it? But you know, there's a couple of guys that come to mind that you know we're really close. But in the beginning, when you're getting close, you question like, wow, this is such a good foundation for a friendship. Huh? Is this romantic? And there's moments where honestly, like maybe a little cuddle came out or whatever, and you're just like, <laughs> a little cuddle mm. came out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> explain to me how this happens <laughs> I, I am thinking about one distinct in, distinct uh experience from college sounds really weird to talk about but i won't name names i do have a close guy friend that we were really close in college and like we would hang out and there was a moment where we we're talking very intimately about like family or something we we're both on my bed just talking just talking and there was a moment when his arm like went on my hip and i was like my mind i was like whoa this does not feel right at all so i think from that moment we just knew like oh this is just like very platonic like mm-hmm. i think sometimes you kind of test the test the grounds a little and i was like nah this the it so
0: okay so that wasn't taylor who is that who is that do we know
2: yeah you know him should i just say it we could take it out or should i just say it it's miles
0: oh, <laughs> oh okay, yeah. okay. so
2: miles and i like He's also someone that we would do... I do best friend dates. Like, we would go to get, get fun and then fro-yo. That was our hangout, like, routine. But it was nothing romantic afterwards. Mm. But his... The girl he dated really didn't like me because he... I didn't do anything to her, but anyways, yes. I had mm. that. And, um... Yeah, you know. Just a few others that are my guy friends that may have been, <sighs> like... It sounds really weird that maybe I've been either something happened through a drunken night nothing Mm. like promiscuous maybe like a kiss or a cuddle whatever but then afterwards you're like oh no that that, that's just not it Mm. or it's someone that i maybe had a crush on and he didn't express interest back and so i closed that door Mm. but i will say i have other guy friends that that has always been platonic like my high school guy friends Mm. didn't didn't like any of them really so that's my story i think i share a little too much (laughs) i'm
1: gonna pass this question over to janet (laughs) Yeah, That's... Janet has a has a cuddle ever come out? <laughs> I have to, I can't say that a cuddle has ever come out on my end, but <laughs> um, no. But I would say I would say Mel. What's interesting is that it seems like your answer is that you think it can be the case because you've you've experienced where there are some guys that there just like was no interest to begin with, right? Yeah. Um, I think that you can just be friends, but I think the question will always come up. Like you will always have had to consider it, right? Either, either it will, if it hasn't already, it already did, and you guys decided no, we're just better as friends, or, or it's it's one of those two things, right? It's possible that the conclusion is no, um, and then that you can continue the friendship, but you must always think of it, right? Yeah, I agree. You always think of, you know, you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. How about how about you, Helen? What do you think?
0: Uh, Okay, so we didn't talk about college as much, but in college, two of my best friends were guys. And we had a completely platonic relationship it's weird but we really did like my friend steve he was my co-president for the chinese students association and i loved him like a brother we literally like you said Mel, like we would be in the same bed and be like don't touch me we'd be like don't don't like you know and i mean he would he would compliment me when i looked good when i dressed up and i would do the same for him because it's like you know you could you could objectively just be like hey you look good today but there was never like a damn, uh uh-oh, like, you look too good, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was was very platonic, and I completely believe that you can have guy friends who are just friends because of that experience. But I will say I've had close guy friends also in the past that were maybe um, trying to get close for other reasons, like you were saying, Mm -hmm. Mel. So um, I would say it's, like, it's it's probably more rare for two people to just like have no even like thought about it. Cause I I think it's also kind of just human nature to wonder if like you are connecting in this way and exactly. And you are looking for a partner. Like, is this the right person for you or is it not? Um, So I think it's pretty rare, but I would say for me, it's, it's definitely possible to just be completely platonic with a guy friend.
2: Wait. So Helen, so all your guy friends, you're telling me that you didn't have a thought. You're like, huh maybe like did you have a huh maybe from you
0: oh no for sure for sure i i i have yes um and either i didn't act on it or acted on it and nothing happened Mm -hmm. but i'm saying like with my like college friends like Mm -hmm. that like but like Steve, I just remember we hung out all the time. Like we were co-presidents, and we just like planned and ideated, and had the same passions and everything. But there was just like nothing there, and there was that one like bed moment, you know, where I'm just like, I'm gonna lie down here. He's like, Are you tired? I was like, Yeah. And he was like, Okay. <laughs> cool i was like don't touch me (laughs) but like but i was able to say that because i know that it's an unspoken understanding between the two of us Mm -hmm. that we could make a joke like that too because we knew that that was that wouldn't be like the case at all so that's true yeah
2: this is really random but an observation i made about with youtube let me just tell a quick story i feel like (laughs) how do i say this Maybe through the grapevine, you know, through our multiple times hanging out and just stories from like, you know, just we. I feel like I met a lot of your different friends from both your friends from different lives. I feel like a lot of guys try to get at you and you both are like they're like both. They're both your friends with you. But they're like, oh, maybe, you know, they're trying to cross that border. But you guys never reciprocate back. And this reminds me of a story because I remember one time a mutual friend of ours literally thought he went on a date with janet and then janet's like oh no i just hung out with her as a friend so part of me is like yo that's a that's miscommunication somehow like i just think it's really funny how that situation happened and the funny thing is i think this person also uh, was the person that tried to cross that friendship line with helen at
0: first too <laughs> oh man yeah. oh if only we could uh, not have this filtered <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, there are some there are some guys out there who are who are trying to get with every girl that comes across their path. So we have we have friends like that, and they probably have tried things with us. And we're just like, nope. I mean, this person tried things with you too, Mel. So
2: <laughs> no, honestly, no, actually, he didn't.
0: Uh, what are things you talking happened, about? Though. All of this to say that um, it is possible to be a guy and a girl and to be just platonically friends or to be two people and to just be platonically friends. Um, and sometimes it's not. So it's not yeah. it's not a black and white situation. Yeah. Let's just say that. I would say yeah. it's, it,
1: it's, it's possible, but it's like always you're going to con- it's natural to think of it. Right. To it's consider. natural. Very yeah, natural. Yeah,
0: yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you everyone for joining us on this episode today where we talked about friendships and um. It was quite fun, especially towards the end. <laughs> Everyone's probably very curious who this who this mutual friend is that we all have. Um, please don't make any guesses. But as you can see from our conversation, friendship can take many different forms, and each friend brings a different aspect to our lives at different times. So I feel like this was a really good episode to just reflect back on all the different friends that we've had throughout our lives and just how much of an impact that these people have made on us and um we don't often think back and and really just give the time and i think respect that that Mm -hmm. that friend was in that period of your life but for anyone out there who's listening take that moment to just think back on your friendships and thank them because they really did shape the person that you are today
2: yeah, and in, earlier in this episode, we kind of each shared like a different quality of a friend. We wanted to ask you, you know, what do you consider to be the most important quality of a good friend? And here is what some of you had to say. So Lily H. Lee said, Empathy. Girl, I agree. Mag1019 said, Not afraid to call you on your shit, which I also agree. Mm.
0: Honesty, and, yes. Yes.
2: And Bonnie S. Chen said, Are they down to start a podcast together?
0: <laughs> Ooh.
2: Which answer do you agree with the most? Vote in our show description on Spotify and we'll be gifting
0: the winner a free item of merch. This is the first time we're doing something like this. So yes, yeah. check out your Spotify app and there will be a little poll there. So go ahead and pick one and we will gift an item of our merch. Exciting stuff. Yeah. Just trying to connect yeah. with y'all a little bit a little bit more.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And thank you for everyone else who has submitted. Um let us know if you enjoy this because maybe we'll do more
0: of this. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. You can also support us through monthly donations at anchor.fm slash asianbossgirl slash support. And we just released our first item of
2: jewelry, which is the ABG necklace. So match me and Janet and get one for your bestie at
1: asianbossgirl.myshopify.com. If you resonated with today's episode, let us know in the comments of our IG post. And if you'd like to put faces to our names, you can find us on YouTube, where we share vlogs, an audience Q&A segment called Dear ABG, and much more. Our handle on both platforms is at Asian Boss Girl. If
2: you'd like to send a shout out to a friend, check out our link tree in our link in bio and click on shout outs. And last but not least, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one. We'll catch
1: you all in the next episode. Bye! Bye.